Welcome to the WWE Podcast Monday Night Raw Review for this Tuesday, May 24th, 2022. We're going to go over everything that happened on Monday night, including Veer Mahan having his debut on King's Court. We'll talk about how good that segment was. Spoiler, it wasn't. Cody Rhodes takes on The Miz. We had Becky Lynch beg Adam Pierce for another opportunity at the Raw Women's Championship as Bianca Belair sits quietly for like the eighth week in a row at ringside. Bobby Lashley finally gets his hands on MVP and much more right after this. Are you looking for some relief or just need relief at the end of the day, but CBD just isn't cutting it? Try Delta 8 THC, CBD's older brother that actually works and makes you feel relaxed. Delta Munchies is revolutionizing the way you consume cannabis by skipping the dispensary and shipping straight to your door. Derived from 100% American-made hemp, and they come in a variety of products ranging from vapes, delicious gummies, tinctures, and more. So skip the line and find relief with Delta Munchies. Head to deltamunchies.com, that's deltamunchies.com, and use the code WWE20. For 20% off your order, guys, head on over to deltamunchies.com and get 20% off your order by putting in the code WWE20, WWE20. You got to check out the mentality show. If you could be a fly on the wall and could hear how men think and really want to hear what goes on in the minds of everyday men, then you should check out the mentality show every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. Real men, real talk. The Mentality Show. You can find them anywhere you stream podcasts and YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up The Mentality Show. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. Says I just your ass. This is my honor. You're gonna acknowledge me. All right, everybody, welcome to the WWE Podcast Monday Night Raw review for Tuesday, May 24th, 2022. And yes, Monday Night Raw was, I think, I think an okay to good show. I know that a lot of people I've talked to and I've seen reviews of the the major media outlets like CBS Sports and Sports Kita and Bleacher Report, all those, and they gave it an eh rating. I'd say it was it was fair to to satisfactory. I mean, even borderline, maybe a little good, like a C plus area, and that's kind of how I'd grade Raw. It didn't blow me blow me away, but it definitely accomplished. I think what it needed to, heading towards Hell in a Cell, and we got some some good wrestling. Yes, we got some longer than needed promos, but honestly. Even though the promos from like Edge and Riddle or whatever, they went a little bit longer than they otherwise should have, according to some, I think they were really good promos, particularly Riddle's promo that he cut at the beginning of Monday Night Raw. And to me, that was probably the best promo of his entire WWE career. Why? Well, because he wasn't just the goofy, implied, resident you know, weed aficionado that WWE has every, you know, on a weekly basis. 
and he was serious. And we saw a glimpse of serious riddle, an emotional riddle. And I think you saw a side of him that we may see more of if WWE decides to break these two up down the line, which, again, I've been speculating with many co-hosts on this of when exactly they're going to they're going to split them up. I mean, it's not it's not a matter of if it's when and there's no way that these two are going to survive. Tag teams are almost never meant to survive. That's not that's not even the purpose of them. Just as factions are built to create new single stars, tag teams often have that similar purpose. And so I do believe that WWE is preparing these these uh, two individuals to split up. That doesn't mean it's going to happen next week, next month. It could happen towards SummerSlam. It could happen towards next year's WrestleMania, which I actually would argue is the better option. And I, I believe I'm going to steal that idea from Memphis Mark, who did a great uh, show with me on Sunday for the Week in Review. And by the way, we're going to have a couple more co-hosts. Uh, ones that uh, One you've never heard before and a returning co-host this Sunday night. And uh, I think you'll be very happy with uh, who that is. Very fun. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. And let me just say they're patrons of the show, which is also another reason to be a patron of the show. If you join the $10 tier and higher, it's one of the perks. You get to come on once a month and join me for a review show of Raw or of the uh, or, or the Week in Review. So that's one of the perks of going to Patreon and joining us ad-free. For a dollar, that gets in in the door. But, of course, there's other things you can do as you go up in tier, including coming on the show, merchandise. There's mugs and T-shirts and everything else that are available to you. You don't have to purchase those. They come along with the membership after you stick around in that tier for a few months. But uh, So th- there's my shameless plug. You guys really didn't think I'd start the show with just wrestling, did you? Come on. Man's got to eat. I got to keep my lights on, right? Um, and, and you know what? I, I, there's one thing I do want to say. And it's uh, it's a bit of a, I guess it's an announcement slash I need your feedback. Just one thing I promise, and then we'll get back to Monday Night Raw and Riddle, because I really want to talk about that. I think it was a, a career-defining promo for Riddle up to this point. Now, that's not saying a whole lot, because Riddle hasn't had you know a ton of excellent promos in terms of taking him seriously. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about why it was career-defining and potentially career-changing in just a few minutes. But I do want to... Uh, you know, inquire with you guys about something. I am considering doing another podcast, not canceling this one, but doing kind of a spinoff of this podcast as if I have the time, right? Uh, It would be called the WWE podcast after show. It's not after dark. After dark is the exclusive R to X rated show that I do exclusively for patrons. And uh, those who are VIP at WWE podcast.com, you go VIP, get the after dark show. That is not what that is. This would be more of a, uh, it would still be a clean version of the show. And the purpose of the after show is to talk a little bit more extendedly about maybe some topics I wanted to expand on and maybe didn't have the time on the show or thought of something after the show. So we could still, I'll still be talking wrestling, but also just kind of uh, other stuff, right? Like maybe some behind the scenes things that go on on the podcast that you don't know about and kind of a a bit of a glimpse behind the curtain, so to speak, but also talk about other topics. Again, this is not R-rated. I'm not going to be bringing up scandalous topics or controversial topics, okay? That's meant for the After Dark show. 
after the after show, not the after dark show, but just the WWE podcast after show would be a little bit of wrestling behind the curtain and other topics. Like, I mean, I'm follow, I follow baseball. I know some of you probably roll your eyes at that, but uh, you know, I, I'd like to talk about that or, or some other things I have an interest in, which is like, you know, um, technology. I'm a big technology uh, guru. Not that I, not, I shouldn't say I'm good at it. Okay. I just have an interest in it and I spend a lot of money on it to my detriment, right? Like I, I'm the, the jerk who is up at 3am doing pre-orders for the new iPhone every year. Okay. That's me. And that's uh, not exactly a great habit to have because I often buy things I don't need. Like, for example, I bought the newest MacBook Pro with like, you know, the specced out MacBook Pro. I'm not going to tell you how much it is. You can go look it up. It's not cheap. But uh, so like things like that. And and uh, I, I don't know. So just it's, it's something I was spitballing. I came up with a logo. I actually created the podcast. I didn't upload any episodes, but I'll stop there. Because I know you want to get back to Monday Night Raw. It's the whole purpose of this episode, I know. But I wanted to run it by you guys and uh, gauge what you think about that. It's an after show. Again, More, it would be a little bit more wrestling and uh, behind the curtain and other topics that just kind of come to mind that I would discuss. PG. PG rated. So uh, just something I'll let you know. guys know about. It, it should be launching fairly soon. And I, I imagine I would do it once a week, twice a week maybe. And 30-minute episodes, it wouldn't be anything crazy, but uh, just something I thought about. It's doing a spinoff of my own show. So, all right. Well, uh, let's get back to Riddle and talk about his promo because it was emotional. He talked about Randy's back hurting him. I didn't know this. I'd imagine there's some truth to that, I think. I mean, I think also by default, any professional wrestler is going to have back issues just chronically because they're throwing themselves on the ground Six, six, seven days a week. So I'd imagine that's just that's it's true. Just at any point in time at all during someone's career that they're going to have back problems. But perhaps it is true for Randy in a more severe way. Maybe. Okay. I did. I dug through some reports. I didn't see anything in terms of his injuries. But let's go with. Okay, fine. His back is really hurting him. Okay. So Riddle discloses that to us that we weren't. Most of us didn't know about. And says he's not sure what's going to happen to RK Bro. And that Randy's his dude. And he almost almost brought tears to his eyes. I mean, he really just went all in on this segment here. I mean, did not hold anything back and showed a different side of him, which, again, I think is a foreshadowing, whether it's purposeful or not, on the part of WWE, of what's to come, hopefully, when Riddle turns on Randy, not the other way around. So... Uh, that's my hope is and it also showed a m- much more of a range in his character and his emotional uh his emotional range for lack of a better word than we've seen in the last year year and a half of him being with RK bro and so that that I think is a good thing and um again I think it this these skills that he has where he can show a range of emotion other than just kind of the the, uh, the stoner type of dude, is good when you want to turn heel. So I really now am more excited than I was 24 hours ago for a Riddle heel turn when it happens. Hopefully, I'm going to say when, uh, probably towards WrestleMania, if they want to wait that long. And I think they could because there's a good story you could build there, a very emotional one, and it's going to be a fun ride when they pull that trigger, I hope. This also, you know, could have been a setup for Randy to just take time off, uh, which I think is is probably the case. And you know what? Randy taking time off isn't the worst thing in the world. 
you know, I, I think that Randy, from a probably a physical mental standpoint, does need a little bit of time off. No doubt about it. He he deserves it. My God, the dude's been in WWE on the main roster for 20 years. And the guy looks like he hasn't missed a step or aged a day. It's absolutely insane. I mean, Randy Orton, for all the times that we've criticized him on this show, and I've heard on other shows as well, that he always is the kind of guy that phones it in, and he's so good that he can phone it in and still have a good match. And it's true. But the fact is that he has been one of the constant figures of WWE's television product for the better part of 20 years. And he consistently puts on good matches when he actually cares. He puts on great matches. Uh, He had one of the best runs in WWE in terms of a heel run until Roman Reigns came around during the pandemic era when he feuded with Edge. So I think the other there's and and you know what? Randy could go another five, six years. Hell, maybe more. if he, He could maybe make it to 30 years. Maybe if he takes care of his body, he's got that bus he bought. Randy Orton got his own his his like uh, his bus and you know good for him I would too saves your body on travel you can sleep while your driver drives you from city to city hell yeah so I think he's understood that at his age while he's still in amazing shape eventually father time catches up with us all and the more he takes care of his body now the longer his career will be the more money he'll have and uh, you know ultimately he'll be able to perform longer, longer, right? He'll be able to do what he wants to do longer. So I think he picks and chooses his spots. Being in a tag team automatically cuts the amount of bumps you have to take because half the time it's Randy who gets the hot tag. He's in for 10% of the match as Riddle does all the, the, you know, the heavy lifting. I'm not complaining about that, by the way. That's what I would expect from a legacy star and, and an up and coming star. That should be the dynamic. And, I think it's great, you know, good for Randy, but it looks like this could be a setup for him to take time off. But in this uh, opening segment here, we got a riddle and Sammy Zayn, who is wearing a bloodline shirt. And, you know, I, I I don't know what to make of uh, Sammy Zayn. I mean, this was, this was a six man tag, by the way, the Usos and Sammy Zayn versus the three prophets and riddle. That was the match. But uh, I, I don't know what to make of Sammy Zayn trying to force himself into the bloodline here. I, I don't hate it. But it feels very, uh, it feels very one-sided, right? I mean, Sami Zayn seems to be, want to be a part of the cool crowd, but the the, uh, the 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 cool crowd doesn't want anything to do with him, at least not yet. So perhaps this is a storyline that will evolve, or it will just peter out, and Sami Zayn will go back to being whatever he's been doing beforehand as the you know, master strategist or the you know whatever he's doing. But you know, Sami Zayn, I well, first of all, you know, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it, but if I was going to say it, I would have said, why the hell is he on Raw? He's not even a champion, so that excuse is out the window, right? Nobody even knows anymore, so. Oh, the one thing I want to bring up in Riddle's promo, and then I promise I'll move on. He said he's going to get his vengeance on on, uh, the Usos and uh, Roman Reigns at some point in his career. First of all, that's a pretty big chunk of time, given that if you look at Riddle, he's probably got 10, 15 years left in him. And you're thinking, okay, so you're telling me basically in the next 15 years, you're going to get your revenge. I think he probably didn't mean to say career. He just, you know, because again, that's a very, very ambiguous chunk of time. But uh, so that was interesting that, you know, for the first time, not only did he show range and sadness and empathy 
and uh, you know about Randy Orton's medical condition, but also that he uh, fired up a little bit and showed anger and showed a uh, thirst for vengeance. Again, the range they showed Monday was more than uh, the range he showed in like a year. So good stuff. Okay, moving on. Otherwise, this show is going to be you know an hour and a half, and I don't want that. But the Usos and Sami Zayn versus the Street Profits and Riddle. Again, good match. All of these men could do this sleepwalking. And uh, I, I don't have anything to complain about. The match got started. I'm, I'm just going to read a little bit of a summary of it because I want to make sure I don't miss anything that I wanted to comment on. Uh, the match got started after the, there was a commercial break. Angela Dawkins and Zane were squaring off. We got Riddle in there. He ended up taking the brunt of the punishment from the heels. And then he began to make a comeback. And after like the third commercial break, Zane and the Usos fine, uh, regained the upper hand. And once Riddle and his partners began to take control, the Usos abandoned Zane and uh, they took an RKO from Riddle to end the match. So, yeah, I mean, the Usos abandoned uh, Zane and Zane gets put down with an RKO and Riddle gets the victory. So, yeah, there was a lot of commercial breaks and, um, I, you know, the, you, you, you can always tell when they're going to commercial break, not just because someone gets thrown to the outside of the ring, but because, if I'm not mistaken, almost every time, if not every time they go to commercial break, the heel is in control. They're standing there doing some whatever their pose is, and then they zoom in to the baby face grimacing in pain on the ground. Tell me I'm wrong. Is that not the the exact description of every time they go to commercial break? And then you'll have uh, Jimmy Smith or Michael Cole, whoever it is on, uh, you know, running the play by play, doing the whole. Uh, can so and so get back in it as Raw rolls on or SmackDown rolls on? The answer is 100% of the time, yes, they will. And I can guarantee you by the time that you come back from commercial break, the other team will be in control of the match. Uh, see, it's it's those things about WWE production that can be easily modified. Find a different way to go to commercial break. I understand that they don't want to do it in the middle of a move set. I get that. But can we find a different way to go to commercial instead of, you know, within 10 seconds, you're like, oh, here comes a commercial guys you know it's coming all right let's move on here so let's see um damian priest and rhea ripley versus aj styles and Liv morgan now the big message here from the new day or the new day the judgment day is that they have essentially a position open or two uh, two positions open right like they they have as many positions open as people that want to join and i like it i like the fact that they are coming out there they're stating what they are and who they are they throw truth in our face and they 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 are actively recruiting and it makes you wonder who's going to join and edge throwing out some names and seeing how people react is interesting he mentioned Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor. Finn Balor probably got the biggest pop because he's, I think, been the one to be believed the most to join the group. He put out AJ Styles. Um, I forget who else. I thought he was going to say Paige, and he didn't. 
the reason that he didn't say Paige is because, well, she's not currently an active member of the WWE roster. And, um, you know, so th- there's that. But you know, it's interesting, though. She's, he's coming out with people. and Oh, he said Tommaso Ciampa. By the way, Edge, it's just Ciampa. I don't. I personally don't care, but it's interesting. Uh, so he's he brought out two of the biggest names that the internet has decided are going to be the next members of the Judgment Day, which makes you think to yourself, why would Edge mention potential members of a group? And almost kind of de facto spoiling it. It, that doesn't seem like good strategy to me. So it's almost kind of playing reverse psychology where if you know, if usually somebody mentions somebody joining a group, that person's not going to join it, right? It, you know that they most likely won't because why would WWE mention a person or pre, or persons that are going to join a group to spoil it? So you wonder if Edge is kind of playing reverse psychology, actually mentioning a person or two that is actually going to join thinking that, uh, well, now we're going to disqualify them because they mentioned them on TV. I I mean, I I know I'm kind of playing a little bit of devil's advocate here, but it could be. So I have no problem with the the, the, uh, promo from these guys every week. I really don't. I think that they are becoming quickly a dominant force on Monday Night Raw and Edge is settling very nicely into this role as a top heel on Monday Night Raw. And completely reinvented himself from the rated R superstar when he came back at the Royal Rumble in 2020. I mean, he has he's fully invested now. And I, I'm loving it. Same with and it's helping Rhea, it's helping Damien. That's the point. That's the point. So the next person that joins you'd imagine is a younger star. Because that's the whole point of groups and, and factions, as I had mentioned earlier in the show. So, okay. Uh as far as this match goes. You know, it it remained competitive. Edge helped Rhea escape a pin by putting her foot on the bottom rope. She was able to pin Morgan for the win. But after it was over, Judgment Day beat down Styles and Morgan uh, again. And you know, that just put more heat on them, which I think mission accomplished. It wasn't this match wasn't anything to write home about, but it was certainly more about Who's, who's going to join this group next? You know, that's, I think, the hook. All right. Let's see here. King's Court, Alexa Bliss versus Nikki A.S.H. So, okay. This segment with Jerry the King Lawler in the King's Court and Veer Mahan. Now, if DJ Kuzma was on here, I'm sure he'd have the Veer Mahan report, and I hate to steal it from him here, so I won't talk too much about it. I mean, this was just a bad segment. Jerry Lawler hosting this was, I mean... Sorry, Jerry. You had your moment in the sun, man. Um, it's just, uh, I think Jerry the King Lawler has um, reached a point where the fans, if he left, wouldn't necessarily, I, I sound cruel, but they wouldn't miss him. Right? Like he is a staple of the Monday Night Raw commentary team and was during the Attitude Era with Jim Ross. Probably the best duo in the history of professional wrestling. But at this point, he's relegated to the pre-shows, and now he's doing King's Court stuff. I mean, I'm not advocating for him to be fired. It's just the fact that, uh, I don't know, usually when, now when he's on air, it sometimes doesn't turn out good. He just, I don't know, gets a little weird. But So 
this was uh, nothing more than as Veer was about to attack Jerry the King Lawler, which you know is never going to happen because of his heart condition and his age and everything else. But Dominic and uh, Ray return to save Lawler. So he got a couple of drop kicks, but he didn't go down. And that's that was that. It was just about the return of the Mysterios to uh, take out Veer Mahan. That's it. So. Then we saw Alexa Bliss take on Nikki A.S.H. Dewdrop was there, who was just apparently in a supporting role to Nikki. And they kept a quick pace, but there really wasn't anything to write home about. And we had Alexa Bliss hit Twisted Bliss, and Dewdrop did nothing during this matchup at all. Like, I mean, she was just there as a, a hologram. She did nothing. And I mean, it doesn't have to be, but it's surprising as a heel is out there to support you that they don't try to help cheat uh, or, or rather do something underhanded to win. And uh, so we had Nick uh, Alexa Bliss get the victory again. She has yet to speak, by the way. Can I hear something from Alexa Bliss? I mean, I know that some people are like, well, you just complained that she was not wrestling and now she's out wrestling. You're complaining. Uh, yeah, it's just because I need just something from Alexa. Like you, you can't just give me wrestling and no context behind it no story no motive nothing no mission statement from alexa we have nothing no explanation lily like why are you back what's the character nothing she hasn't said a word she's in the bianca belair treatment right now where she's not speaking either bizarre all right uh the miz versus cody rhodes match was okay I mean, it was it was it was fine. I mean, I don't know what else to say about this. Um, I mean, we did get a completely schmoz finish, but if you were paying attention, you would imagine that uh, this probably was going to be the case, given that Seth Rollins his interview prior to this match was all about Cody Rhodes and how there's a countdown in his head, and when it the the, the countdown reaches zero. He has something in, in store for Cody, which is kind of an interesting uh, an interesting little side story here. Like, is that actually going to some be something that they pay off? Or is it just rhetoric? Is it just kind of empty promises and just part of a promo that was never meant to be taken literally? I don't know yet. I don't know. But apparently Seth Rollins has something planned for Cody Rhodes. And we'll have to see. But Seth Rollins ends up, of course, uh, during this match, causing the disqualification. He used his own, uh, he uses a weight belt as a weapon. The the only problem I have with this whole thing, okay, he took a weight belt that he gave uh, a fan on his way to the ring, and um, he used it as a weapon. That is, Seth Rollins used it as a weapon to whip Cody and then Cody gave it back to the fan. Um, at first I was thinking to myself, well, how would he know? Because I thought it was originally like one of those replica belts, but I was thinking, how would he have known? How would Seth or Cody have known what fan Seth took that belt from? Because right after Seth Rollins left. Cody gave the belt back to the fan. And Cody, I was watching, Cody didn't see who Seth took the belt from. And yet somehow Cody magically knew. But the I, I missed the part where Cody actually gave it to a fan and then 
so he knew which one he gave it to. That makes sense. But, uh, the, I mean, Cody took a pretty good hit from that weight belt and uh, more heat on Seth. I mean, it was it was a fine, fine segment. It, baby steps this week, guys, in the Ford Center. They don't tell where you are, though, this week, guys. Just in the Ford Center. Your city was not worthy of mentioning because you don't have a professional sports team. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Chad Gable versus Ezekiel. This was fine. I mean, we we got, and I'll read a little bit of the description. So, I, again, I don't miss it. Short match. Just when it looked like Zeke was picking up some steam, Otis tripped him and allowed Gable to start focusing on his leg and set up for an ankle lock. The ref was forced to eject Otis and KO from ringside after both men tried to interfere. This paved the way for Ezekiel to roll up Gable for the win. This was, uh, okay, so yeah, I mean, Ezekiel gets the victory, gets the the, uh, backwoods victory, i.e. the roll-up, and Ezekiel continues to roll as he gets mild support from the crowd, Uh, and Kevin Owens is still on an absolute warpath to expose Ezekiel as Elias, and yet he is foiled at every turn. So, I mean, I don't know what to make of this. It's okay. Kind of like it's it's satisfactory. Like, maybe that's the best way to describe Raw. It was satisfactory, you know? Um, and, and as a kid in school, I got to say, there were some projects I would have taken that satisfactory grade. I ended up actually being, not that anyone cares, but a, a B minus. Like, my overall average for high school was B minus. I think it was like an 80 point something. 80, 81. Um I'm pretty sure that was like my final average. I was never one of those people at graduation, whether it be college or high school, that had any of those like, you know, different colored ropes around my neck to show that, oh, my God, I did so well in all my classes. And yet somehow I still have the same degree you do. Um, But I was never one of those people. Very rarely. I might have done it a couple of times, uh, a few semesters, but I'm making like the dean's list or president's list or whatever. But I did not graduate like magna cum laude or whatever the F, right? It was never that person. I was just like, let's just get through this because we have to. Um, anyway, <laughs> another topic for another day. Another time, a good topic for my after show, I have to say. Uh, all right, let's see here. So let's take a quick break for the sponsors of today's episode, final episode uh, sponsor break, and then uh, we'll get back to the rest of Monday Night Raw and wrap things up right after this. You got to check out the Mentality Show. If you could be a fly on the wall and could hear how men think and really want to hear what goes on in the minds of everyday men, then you should check out The Mentality Show every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. Real men, real talk. The Mentality Show. You can find them anywhere you stream podcasts and YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up The Mentality Show. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. All right. Let's continue on. And uh, let's see here. MVP versus Bobby Lashley. So this was not good. You know, he challenged. Bobby Lashley challenged MVP and said that he has gotten it official, official word that if he ends up beating MVP or MVP ends up beating Bobby, whoever comes out of that victorious would be able to select uh, the stipulation 
for the upcoming match, presumably the the final match between Omos and Bobby Lashley at Hell in a Cell. So let's uh, find out what MVP has to, to offer probably next week to see what that exact stipulation will be. But the match itself was not good, surprisingly. I think maybe because they're so used to working side by side and the fact that MVP never has any matches. You know, he very rarely has a match in the ring, and therefore, you know, I, I guess we couldn't hold him to too high of a standard. He's settled very nicely into that managerial role, very nicely. I mean, MVP is truly one of the MVPs of the last couple of years and did absolutely help elevate Bobby's career. So, yeah, I guess maybe it's unfairly a, a bar that I had t- too high for this matchup. And, you know... One that I'm very surprised MVP just decided to say, yeah, no problem. Like, that was one of the payoffs is seeing MVP get his ass absolutely demolished by by Bobby. And yet, we saw Bobby have hesitation during this matchup. Uh, he ended up getting, uh, uh, what was it, um, counted out, right? So, Lashley got counted out, which... That main that means MVP got the victory, and then MVP gets put in the hurt lock for like you know three seconds. That's it. MVP was the reason that you lost a couple of your matches. He's the reason uh, that you know, you're getting run down on a weekly basis on national television, and all you're going to do is put him in the hurt lock for three seconds. Come on, I don't know. I was a bit disappointed by the beatdown. Hopefully, there's more of a beatdown coming from for for MVP courtesy of Bobby Lashley, but that remains to be seen. So Omas did end up interfering in this match. Obviously, that's what caused the count out for Bobby. He got a, a clothesline in on Bobby behind the referee's back. And it was, you know, it was okay. <laughs> Again, it was okay in this uh in this program. So all right. Asuka versus Becky Lynch. I feel like I'm Having a bit of deja vu. I mean, this was the exact matchup from last week, including, including we ha- uh, the fact that we had Bianca Belair at ringside, not on commentary, saying absolutely nothing. We haven't heard from Bianca Belair in it feels like a month. And I don't need a promo every week from everyone all the time, but you know, she's your raw women's champion. It would be nice to hear what's going on inside her head. What does she think about Asuka and Becky? What does she think about about a potential triple threat? And you know what? If this was on Raw, I missed it because I have the Hulu version. So if somebody's out there like, did you even watch Raw? She she commented on it in the backstage interview. If that's the case, then fine. But I missed it because it wasn't on Hulu. And I do try to fill in the gaps with the Hulu uh, cuts. So... Let's read a little bit of the description of this match because it was only about six minutes long. And here's what the description is. It says big time Bex tried to embarrass Asuka at first, but she quickly realized she'd be unable to do that with the Empress. Lynch found herself trying to avoid the, an arm bar with a few minutes uh, of the match in the beginning. Bianca Belair watched again. Uh, commentary, I said that. And as the match progressed, both women became more aggressive. And by the time we reached the final few minutes, they were beating the life out of each other. Becky avoided a kick at ringside that connected with Belair. But when they got back into the ring, Lynch rolled the Empress into a pin to score the win. The ending was a little sudden. 
but as uh, the match as a whole was great and probably one of the best of the night. Oscar and Lynch have a kind of chemistry that takes years of matches to build up. Yeah, I mean, of course they do. Yeah, I mean, Becky Lynch has chemistry with everyone, and Oscar does. But when you put two people that have chemistry with everyone together, you're going to get extra special magic. I mean, these two. I hope that eventually we're able to see a real full fledged match between these two. I mean, I'm I'm not talking the you know the uh, scraps at the end of Raw, whatever time is left, five six minutes. No, 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 no. I'm talking like fifteen minutes, sixteen minutes of these two women kill it, and they could. That's what I want. Bianca Belair, I'd throw right in there too, is one of the best athletes WWE has. Period, especially in the women's division. Bar none, I think she's the best athlete pure athlete that WWE has in terms of an actual uh, female um, female. So these two, I think, had a, yeah, they had a really good match, but it was so short that if you blink, you missed it. Uh, and uh, I think they deserve more, but uh, this was all about getting to the triple threat as I have been alluding to and others have as well. So we now have the triple threat match for the pay-per-view, which I'm still going to call a pay-per-view hell in a cell. In, is it a week? No. It's a week from Sunday. Oh, my God. How, where the hell does time go? A week from Sunday is the premium live event, Hell in a Cell. So this matchup is coming quickly. We only have one more week of television for Raw and SmackDown next week. That's it. And then, uh, of course, you know we'll have to see what happens after that. After that, it's Money in the Bank, a stadium show, early July. And that, I believe, is the next time Roman Reigns is going to defend his championship against Drew McIntyre that's not advertised yet but it is if you you know if you uh take a look at the wrestling new news god I'm sorry guys I'm so tongue-tied tonight <laughs> I'm half awake uh but if you look at the wrestling news websites that we all know it has been reported all over the place by Meltzer and others that that is the reported main event of Money in the Bank is Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre for the uh undisputed WWE championship. Now, whether it's defended in pieces or together remains to be seen either way. We can already tell, I can already tell you that sadly at the beginning of July, that is not going to be the end of Roman Reigns's run. They're not going to have these two in the first time they meet, have Drew McIntyre take down Roman Reigns. It's going to take, if he's the guy, it's going to take, you know, a couple, two or three times or four times. You know, I think that's how long. I mean, SummerSlam is probably the next time I'm looking towards Roman Reigns as a potential uh, you know, title in Jeopardy match. And then, like I've said before, that Drew McIntyre poses the first real threat to Roman Reigns' championship since Roman Reigns won it at SummerSlam in 2020 and turned heel. This is the first challenger and situation in which Drew McIntyre, presumably he's, he uh, faces uh, Roman Reigns at SummerSlam, presumably, because I think he's going to lose to Roman at Money in the Bank. But if Roman and Drew main event SummerSlam, I think that is going to be the, that's the, to me the date I'm circling on my calendar of the first time that Roman Reigns' title is actually up for grabs, where you're not looking at it and going, hmm, yeah. Fun matchup. You're going to have a good match. Ultimately, Roman's going to come away with the Usos helping him. Low blow, whatever, hook or crook, or Roman just outright beats him. I think Drew poses the first real threat to Roman that he's had since becoming champion. And I think that Drew could bring that up as promo, right? Why not? Say, you know, not to disrespect the other challengers, but hey, 
uh, you had a part-time guy come back in John Cena. You know, you, you've had uh, mid-card guys come up You've had and try to challenge you, and you knock them back down the mountain. You know, you, you've had – he could really do it in a way, a much better way than I just did, of coming up with a non-confrontational, because they're, they're baby faces, way of bringing this to the forefront of saying, hey, I am the first real threat you've had. I mean, he could just say that and leave it for what it is and let the crowd decide what he's saying in between the lines. But I think he's got a point there. And I, you know, for a promo that doesn't exist, but one that I would create for him is just that. And I think there's something there and something to be said for that. If you guys think there's somebody else out there that could beat Roman, let me know. But uh, he didn't show up on Raw, by the way. So Roman Reigns is on the Brock Lesnar light schedule. He's not quite on Brock Lesnar's level, but uh, certainly. He has taken a, a page out of Brock Lesnar's book of getting paid a crap ton of money and working minimal amount of dates. And that's not a knock on Roman, by the way. That's not a knock on him of saying, you know, I'm like, what a lazy. Come on, man. You No, he's he is honestly at this point, he's paid his dues. And he's carried the company on, the, on his back and done an excellent job at it for the most part. I know a lot of people are getting tired of the Roman Reigns storyline. I get it. But. Hey, more power to the guy. You know, he is a workhorse and he, I think, is deserving of a much lighter schedule for a significant amount of money. So uh, one last thing I want to talk about and then I'll close things out is uh, MJF. Yeah, MJF. He put up a post on Facebook just recently, I think in the last like couple of hours, of him and The Miz in a, uh, a, a, a creation promotional poster. I mean, obviously it was a faux uh, promotional poster of him and the Miz facing off. And all he put in there as a description was hashtag 2024. Man, he is driving the 2024 thing into the ground. I mean, we've got over a year. We got like a year and a half till 2024, January 1st, when his contract expires with AEW, and he is already hammering this home. I think the number one, okay, let's let's play that out. If if he actually faced the Miz, the promos would be a lot of fun. Yes, the match would be fine, but certainly because so many people have made references to the Miz as being or MJF as being, you know, a Miz knockoff, all that kind of thing. I mean, even CM Punk said it in his promo to MJF when he returned. But to me, I think a lot of this, the reason MJF is doing this is for uh, the for leverage in his contract negotiations with AEW, where AEW is now feeling, oh, crap, he's actually going to go to WWE in a year and a half. We got to lock him in now, throw any number he wants on the check and we'll pay it. So MJF, while it seems he's being a little sketchy, he's actually playing playing the game right here. And it's ballsy to do. Because you're essentially telling your current employer, I'm leaving you for the, your competition in 18 months. You know, and, and MJF has been very vocal that I'm not going to resign with AEW unless that number is astronomical prior to my contract expiring. So I think he's playing it very nice. And, and, and WWE is, of course, taking notice of this. If you're in WWE and you look at MJF and you don't see a guy that could be your top heel, I mean you're not looking at it right. And I know people are going to say, oh, WWE is going to control him on promos. I think that bringing in a guy like that, they would have no choice but to not do that because that's that's really what MJF brings to the table better than anybody in professional wrestling right now is his silver tongue. He can out-talk you. He can out-promo you. He can out-insult you. He beat CM Punk on the mic. Yes, I'm declaring that during their 
promo battles, I think he beat CM Punk. And it would be chopping him off the, at the knees if you said no, he's gonna he's gonna fall in line and he's not gonna he's not gonna be an exception to the system. We have a certain way of doing things around here. You're gonna look at this promo and you're gonna cut this promo. I don't think that would happen. If they do that, they are fools, and MJF is a fool for signing with WWE, but I really don't believe a talent like MJF who really is you know, has a way of drawing money with just his mouth and not even his actions. They'd be fools to do that. But uh, anyway, we can speculate on that, of course, over the next 18 months as things get closer and closer to, to uh, that date. We've got a ways away, but that is pretty much the Monday Night Raw, guys. That's it. I really appreciate you all being here. It's much, it really do, uh, you know, don't know what I'd do without you guys. I, I know this podcast wouldn't exist without you. And uh, you guys uh, really keep this thing alive. And we are going to likely do a WWE podcast after show. Don't go and look for it yet. I don't have it up and running. I haven't even filmed or filmed. I haven't even uh, recorded my first episode yet, but I will let you know in the after show, not after dark, the after show. And let me know if you, it's something that you guys would want to listen to. It'd be wrestling. It would be a lot of other topics, PG related stuff, but uh, it's kind of the behind the scenes, behind the curtain type of thing. So uh, consider that uh, and let me know what you guys think. But if you want to go ad free, head on over to Apple Podcasts, click that ad free button or go to our website, www.podcast.com, go VIP. And of course, there's the Patreon option for a dollar. You get everything ad free and it's not a bad deal. So thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with the mailbag. Until then, take care. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.